Welcome to today's episode of the Insurance Life and Everything in Between podcast. My name is Adam Bersan. And I'm Chris Smith. If you've yet to do so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to share it with a friend or colleague. We greatly appreciate your help and support. So we're going to talk today about prejudging your leads. Obviously, if you don't buy any, there's none to prejudge. But when you're working leads, let's talk about avoiding prejudging them. Adam, the floor is yours. Hey, Chris. This morning, I started thinking a little bit about the business that I wrote this week. And more than half of the business that I wrote, I wrote, uh, I would not have written had I prejudged the leads. One of these scenarios was one that I talked a little bit about yesterday on the call where, I mean, this, this house that we showed up at was just a total wreck. I mean, the, the, the night before we had shown up and I'd shown up a time prior to that too. And it just, I mean, it didn't look like the best situation. It was, uh, again, there was like a generator going in this person's front yard, like running the power to their home. And, uh, it just, not only that, I mean, there's just garbage all over the place. It just, it didn't look good. And sometimes I just want to walk away when I see something like that. Uh, after talking to the lady, uh, it, it really made sense uh, that I, I really felt more confident about, about writing the piece of business just kind of by what she had said, where, yes, she was on Social Security. Yes, she was on a limited income. But she saw the importance of taking out a policy. Her sister had just died like the day previous. And she had also experienced like two or three other deaths of family members and friends uh, over like the last six, seven months that had affected the family where they all had to worry about pitching in to, to pay for the funeral. And she just, she knew that if something were to happen to her or when that time comes, she doesn't want that to be the situation that her family's in. And she even said, yeah, I'm on a limited income, but I can just, you know, we can quit buying all this other junk and, and, and I can focus on putting my money into something that matters. So that was one. And that was one where, like I said, yesterday, or no, that was two days ago, two days ago. I mean, I was hesitant to even go back be, just because of like what we had seen the day before, just it just almost felt like even if I write this thing, it's probably a lapse waiting to happen. But after kind of hearing the lady out, and I knew that it it seemed like a decent piece of business to write. Um, it was like ninety seven dollars a month. I mean that one, yeah, it was eleven hundred sixty nine dollars of annualized premium. And then actually the day prior to that, I had another lead that. I'm about 99.9% .9 sure that it's a lead that I had already gotten in the past. So this person had responded to an ad again. And I knew that because it was kind of on a busy street and the house stood out. And like I said, I'm, I'm about 99% sure it's the same person that I talked to maybe a month or two ago where I had shown up and the guy pretty much just told me to get lost. And so he had, he had completed another response off of a Facebook ad. And I was even out training a guy. I mean, he'd even tell you, I mean, I was real close to not even going back to this guy. Cause I was like, you know, this is just going to be a waste of time. I, I already went and saw this guy. I already went and saw this guy two months ago and he told me to take a hike. So 
anyways, we ended up running the lead and uh, it was fine. We, there was like zero resistance. We sat out in the guy's garage, talked to him, talked to his wife and ended up writing a, what, 1,555 AP on him, another 614 on his wife. Uh, so just those two, the husband and wife, along with the the Junker house, I guess you could say, just those those three apps, 3,300 in premium. So I ended I ended the week at 5,700 in premium. So more than half of that business I would not have written had I had I had I prejudged and well I kind of did prejudge but had I gone along with my initial thoughts of this is going to be a waste of time why waste my time let's move on to the next I decided why not knock on the door and see what happens and ended up just those two houses with 3300 in premium so just a little tip there I mean you just heck if you're already there why not just go knock on the door you're already there no sense in prejudging it I think other times too, people will prejudge if they show up kind of the opposite, the opposite of the junker house. They'll show up at a house that, I mean, it could be a half million dollar home. And right away you're like, well, especially if you're selling final expense right away, you're thinking, well, what would they need this for? Why would they respond to an ad? Why would they fill out a card? And what I, well, a few things on that. I think one thing, a lot of times the person that filled the card out, they might not be the owner of the home. It could be the mother living with the children. The mother is still living on a limited income. Maybe she's just receiving social security every month. I've run into that many times. And another thing to keep in mind, these days, our money's not going as far. People that maybe did not think this was important in the past realize now that they're going to need this. I think more and more people are going to be seeing a need for this sort of product. I've even thought about on direct mail campaigns. You know, we talk about how returns are not what they used to be. I've even thought about maybe upping the income a little bit because because of the fact that people's money's not going as far and, you know, might get responses from people that in the past maybe would never even had responded to something. So just I think just think that that's you know just a few ideas there but just some things that i don't think we need to be prejudging the leads if if the person filled out the card if they responded to an ad you just kind of had to have it in the back of, of your mind that there's a reason that they that they that they did that there's a reason there's something something must have happened that that made them decide i mean heck even the the husband and wife that i wrote where the guy like i said pretty much told me to get lost a couple months ago I mean, maybe something had happened over the last couple months that made him realize that this was more important. And now he was willing to talk to me. So, so yeah, showed up. And like I said, I mean, heck, just those two houses, 3,300 in premium. I got a deposit yesterday from American Amicable over $2,000 that I would not have gotten had I moved on and, and not stopped and knocked on that door. Prejudging can be so dangerous. I mean, we've all walked up to homes before and thought to ourselves, I would rather live there than knock this door. But almost every time I've had a quality presentation, what Adam said is the truth. Grandma lives with the daughter. They've fallen on hard times. They see a need for this product. They've purchased the product before. Hell, maybe they won the lottery 10 years ago, bought a home outside the city, but really only live on $1,000 a month. Just show up. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They don't want it, they don't need it, and you leave, at least you've dispositioned the lead. Adam, first question for you this morning is, does it feel better to buy leads and go and work those leads and write 5700 a week than continue to dig through 
book of business, two-year-old leads and all that stuff you were dealing with before? Well, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I, I think that consistent lead order is important. And, and I actually, I skipped a week when we were leaving for Florida last Friday. I, I didn't, I didn't place a lead order and, and to be quite honest, I'll say by, by yesterday, I was running pretty thin. Uh, you know, I was, I was out there trying to catch up with people and, but again, with the Facebook leads, cause everything is so spread out. It's kind of like, man, if I would have just done another order last week, uh, I would have a lot more to work right now. So, and I'm only out in the field three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, I mean, for someone who's out there six days a week, I mean, you can blow through 25 leads pretty quickly. So yeah, if you're not consistently placing a lead order every, every week, yeah, it'll get, it'll get to the point where you're sitting around trying to figure out what to do and who to go see. I think you've also learned a lot of lessons the last 12 months about pouring energy into core agents dedicated to work with you and the lessons learned from agents that are only willing to do part of the business with you and how that can kind of create a lot of debt and limit your ability to work with those core particular um, specific agents. I'm much more interested in working with people that, that are willing to go all in. Uh, I mean, I kind of look at it. I'm willing to go all in with the people that I'm working with. So, I mean, we kind of have to go both ways with it. Heck, if I'm going to put 110% into my agents, well, I want them to put 110% back. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've had people call me a lot recently, just reaching out, wanting to get contracted and stuff like that. Well, I want them to be all in. I want, and kind of like what you said, I mean, if, if they're writing business all over the place and if they're writing some business that's not with you, it, it can affect you. But even like for those that are looking to maybe build an agency in the future, I think that uh, it's it's very important. Uh, I, I kind of shifted. I was doing a lot with really recruiting people all over the globe. And I, I really just kind of came to the realization that it's it's a little bit safer to build like in your backyard and then kind of extend out from there. Because it's just, it's a lot easier to manage when you got people that are local that you can work with. If for some reason things don't work out and the agent doesn't work out, well, heck, if you know how to sell, you can take those leads and you can go out and work them and, and make up for maybe some business that, that fell off or that was not written. Uh, I mean, I think what happens with, with a lot of the debt and the roll-up debt is that, well, we're not paying attention to how that business is being written or we just don't have as much uh, like a close-knit relationship with those people maybe they're people that are not on these calls every day that that are just kind of doing their own thing that maybe just call you because they want a few contracts and to me that's just it's unsafe business when you don't know where it's coming from if and i mean i've seen it i mean I, from the corporate side the, the company that i was with for seven and a half years i mean we would see agents hit the company up for i mean i saw seventy thousand, hundred thousand in debt. And a lot of it was the managers that were just recruiting for the masses, not really paying any attention to where the business was coming from, not keeping up with those agents business. And, uh, it can, it can catch up to you pretty quickly. And that's where another thing, I think communication is very important. Uh, I had an agent at my prior company where I got him contracted all of a sudden within three or four days, he's putting up a whole bunch of business and, and I tried calling the guy, you know, doesn't answer, try calling him again, doesn't answer a few days later, 
more and more businesses being submitted. I'm like, man, this guy's just crushing it. What's he doing? Same thing. He's just, he's not answering his phone, not answering his phone. And so I ended up, I ended up putting his contract on as earned because he would not, he would not call me back. He was not responding to my, my texts or voicemails. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta protect myself. I gotta know where this business is coming from. And evidently the guy was fraudulently writing business and I caught him. And amazingly enough, once I put him on Azure, he actually called me back. (laughs) So it's amazing how that works. When, when you start playing with their money, all of a sudden they're willing to talk to you. But, uh, you know, but yeah, you know, it definitely was a lesson learned. And I think that it's good to, like I said, keep it local first and then maybe just kind of build out from there. Adam, I got to jump on and kind of give you the perspective from the personal producer on that and tell one more story. And guys, you'll get a kick out of this one. If you ever remember the name, Bruno came on and was writing business like I've never seen business written before. Probably a pretty cool dude, but guy had tax liens bigger than Donald Trump. He had more vectors than Vector was able to put on a page, but I took a risk bringing Bruno on board. And as soon as Bruno went silent, what did I do? I put them in on Azern to protect the agency. And as soon as he was on Azern, guess what happened? Then he was blowing up my voicemail trying to find out what happened. Well, never ate a bit of debt because of Bruno because of being proactive. But at the personal producer level, good relationships matter. When we have good open dialogue, a good conversation, tough skin, open to constructive conversation, have dealt with the good and the bad. When we have to talk about things, we all realize we're talking about it for everyone's best interest. And hey, maybe we caught something you didn't see before and we can help you protect yourself from it becoming bad. But let's circle back to round up this morning with one of the things you said about your topic about prejudging leads. It's listening to your clients, not only to get the sale, but to keep the sale and to create a quality client. You heard the lady say yesterday that she was glad that she did it. Her sister had just died. She was going to waste the money anyway. What I think I take away from that most and what I'm trying to share with you guys to close up this morning is slow down to speed up. Like running around like a chicken with her head cut off and writing $15,000 of business that all falls off. All it did was waste your time. Slow down just a little bit. Ensure yourself you've written a quality piece of business to the best of your ability. And by slowing down just a little bit, you'll speed up over the course of time. And this concludes another episode of the Insurance Life and Everything in Between podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend or colleague. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please leave those too. Any input is greatly appreciated. Thank you.